Welcome to the Recovery Hour podcast. You ready? I'm ready. Where we choose to recover out loud. I don't want to be defined by cancer, but you fucking better not forget about it. By sharing our personal stories of inspiration. Sometimes you got to go through shit to understand shit. Hope and triumph. Like I didn't go to college for a fucking reason because I was done after high school. Together, we can end the stigma and shame typically tied to mental illness and the disease of addiction. We are proof that recovery does happen. I will judge the fuck out of you if you tell me that you decided to buy some oils and ask Jesus. Joy and laughter may be involved. (laughs) This is the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Okay, welcome to the Recovery Hour with Lori Winfeld. Today, my guest is Janine Canino Bida. Hello. Good job. Good job. Hi, how are you? Awesome. Uh, Janine is saying good job because I'm an asshole and don't know how to pronounce her second last name. (laughs) But I got it figured out, so we're good. Yes. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. For the listeners, the reason I invited Janine on the show today is because it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and I am all about educating and also getting cool-ass bitches on the show to talk about their stories. (laughs) I'm a cool-ass bitch. (laughs) She fit the bill. She fit the bill. So I'm going to give Janine the mic and let her chat for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, So when I, I, first of all, no family history. I want to make that very clear because it seems like that's always a fallback with everyone. And I noticed, I I even noticed that I did it pre-cancer too. And it would be my first question like, oh, did it run in your family? Because then I was saving them or, you know, I I was saving myself by asking that question. So if you, if it ran in your family and it doesn't run in my family, then I'm fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. so, um, so I want to make that very clear. Cause I think that's a misconception. So when I was 32, I found a lump. I was, you know, I went in to get it checked out. They said it was a cyst and I was like, cool. Like I was just moving on with my life. And, um, my doctor, my primary care physician, which this is not an, a usual thing, but he pushed me to go see a breast specialist. And I was like, for what? I'm like, it's a cyst. Like I was Pissed. So when you said you found a lump, were you doing a self breast check? No, like literally my hand just like rubbed against whatever it was. I was not because I'm very like, yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh my God, what was and then that was it. Like, it and then what type of doctor did you go to from there? Be my like, primary. And okay. then he said, I want you to get a mammogram and an ultrasound. So like I went to like a breast center, you know, okay. or, you know, like one of those, they told me it was a cyst. So then I was moving on. That was it for me. Okay. So then I went up with my follow up with my primary and he was like, oh, I see that it was a cyst. I was like, yeah, thankfully. Cause I was losing my shit when I first found him 32. Like I was like, oh my God, I got, you know, like my, I'm picking out wigs. I mean, that that's where, that's how I go. I go from, <laughs> I go from, you know what I mean? Like that, I mean, at one to fucking 50 in, in second. So when I go for my follow-up, he said, I think I want you to see um, a specialist. I said, a specialist for what? Like <laughs> my head, like, what are we talking about here? Like, am I meant, is this a mental thing? Where, where are we going? And he's like, no, I want you to see a breast uh, specialist. And I, I, I said, I don't, I don't understand why you want me to do this. And he said, well, you know what? Sometimes you just want someone who specializes in it to look. And I was like, what? Ever. So he gives me 
this name, Dr. Barbara Kruger. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to make this appointment. So I called my sister, who's a doctor. Let me just say that. So she kind of talks me off the ledge a lot of times. And I was like, listen, he wants me to go see this doctor. And he's like, oh, she's like, he's just being cautious. Just do it. <laughs> and I was like, okay. I went to see Dr. Kruger and my first meeting with her, she like had my mammogram from, from the cyst up. And I remember just like looking at it going, I don't know what the fuck any of this is. Like, you know, I, I don't even want to be here. Like, this is just stupid. And um, so she comes in and she says, do you see all that white? I said, yeah. And she's like, that's dense breast tissue. And I was like, okay. And she's like, so I want to see you every six months. I was like, for what? And she was like, because you have dense breast tissue. I'm like, but I don't have a family history. She's like, it doesn't matter. She's like, I, I want to monitor you because your breasts are so dense and cancer can hide. She's like, so I just want to do it. Just, you have a lot of fibroids, you know, like all this stuff. It was the first time I ever heard dense breast tissue in my life. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, fine. So for the first year, she wanted to see me every six months. So I would get a mammogram. They would tell me all was well. And then I would go and see her and she would do an ultrasound. So this went on six months. I did it. And then at a year, she was like, I could just see you every year now. She was comfortable with what she was seeing. So I did that. When I was 36, it was the same as always. I made my mammogram appointment in October of 2012. And then um, I had the mammogram and they told me all was well and that I could come back in four years. Okay, great. In Two months four later, years. Yeah, because to them at the breast center, at the mammogram place, I wasn't even 40. So they don't know why I'm there any. You know what I mean? They're filling the order. <laughs> they, they're just filling the doctor's order. So they were like, that's what it said on the piece of paper, come back in four years. But wow. I but I knew that I wouldn't be back in four years. I'd be back next year because fucking Dr. Kruger makes me do this shit, whether I want to or not, you know? So I made an appointment. I mean, so then I had my other appointment with Dr. Kruger which was in December, the week before Christmas. And um, she was doing the ultrasound. And, you know, you, when you've been doing this with someone for a while, you could just, you know, like you just know a person, you know me cracking jokes and like whatever. And I mean, I talk just like how I talk with you. I talk right. to her, you know, like there's no, fil- I have no filter unless there's a priest. Like, I mean, other than that, there's absolutely no fucking filter at all. Like, you know, a priest, I, I'm definitely gonna mind my mouth. But other than that, no. So she was looking at the ultrasound and she's not talking. So I'm talking and I'm talking more and I'm talking more because I want it to be okay. And I want it to be, and I don't want anything to be wrong. And I don't understand why she's not talking. You know, I don't understand why she's like not talking to me. I'm like, I don't, get it at all. And she, she said to me, I want you to go for an MRI. And I was like, what? And she's like, I want you to go for an MRI. And I was like, for what? You know what? It's probably nothing. I see something that's a little bit bigger than the last time, you know, are you due for your period? Like we go through all this and I say, well, you know, it's funny. I'm late for my period. And I said, but I'm not pregnant or or anything like that. I thought it was stress and and stuff like that. And she's like, well, that could be why everything seems bigger. I want you to do this. If your insurance gives you any problem, call me. Mm -hmm. And I'll make sure it goes through. Well, my sister just so happens to work in that same hospital. So I went to her office because I was freaking out about it. And I was like, you know, she wants me to have this MRI. She's like, she is being so cautious. Like just, I mean, it's so, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. That was like what I was being told. So um, I made the appointment and I was able to get in in two days. I was on my way home 
and they called me and said oh that they gosh. wanted me and they said they wanted me to come back. And I just started crying <sighs> on like Lakeshore Drive, which is a main road here in Chicago. And I'm bawling my eyes out. And the lady is like apologizing that she called me in the car because she was like, I shouldn't even be telling you this like right now. And she's like, it doesn't mean anything. Like she's like, it just, we just need to see. She was freaking out because I was freaking out. And I was like, yeah, never be a 911 operator, sweetheart, because this is not the J-O-B for you. But um, <laughs> I was able to get my myself together and um okay they're just doing they just want to do another they just want to do another test right so I called my sister of course freaking out and um and she said you know she's like again they they need to make sure they need to make sure like everything is pointing to where it's not because she she just couldn't she was not gonna even let me go there with my mind right like it just wasn't gonna happen so the next day they had me in again they did another ultrasound. This is now in the breast center, like not with my doctor. And the radiologist comes in and says, if there's there's one spot I'd like to put a needle in. And my sister was with me. And she's like, but if you really don't want it, we don't have to do it. My sister said, fuck that. Put the needle in. We're here. You know, like you're doing you're doing the biopsy. Yeah. And that was, you know, they did the biopsy. And uh, I told my sister, no matter what, when you find out the results, because I, I signed over everything to like, as far as her, you know, HIPAA bullshit, like right. I was like, whatever, like, yes, yeah. it's my sister. So uh, Christmas Eve at nine 30 in the morning, my phone rang and my sister has a call me at nine 30 in the morning on Christmas fucking Eve, you know what I mean? Or anytime. Like, I was going to say, she doesn't call you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, we don't speak. Well, I had just so happened to have the flu. On Christmas um, Eve. So correct. I'm not feeling well at all. And then my sister tells me I have breast cancer on Christmas motherfucking Eve. I was like, okay. Okay. I mean, I didn't, you don't, your whole world stops, you know? And I was like, it's Christmas Eve. Like, and I'm not feeling well. It's making everything worse. worse. And she had to keep telling me, she's like, listen, how you're feeling right now has nothing to do with this. Like you have a virus and it's going, getting like this, this is not why you feel this way because of course that's where your head goes. You're like, oh yeah, like this is it. Like I'm in the bed and this is it. This is, it. this is like, I'm <laughs> dead. I guess Dr. Kruger had called my sister and was like, don't call, don't tell her until after Christmas. And um, Diana was like, yeah, no. no, I promised her. Like, I can't see her tonight and not tell her, you know, right? because um, I see her on Christmas Eve. Yeah. So she called me or, you know, I had to digest all that information, obviously, and make a decision if I was going to go see the family or not. And I said, I would for my nephews and my nieces that day. Like, so I just like threw sweats on, put my hair in a ball and went and just kind of went through the motions. Like, I can't really tell you much that happened, but um, I showed up and that was what I did. I showed up and, you know, I didn't know anything at that time, except for that it was cancer. Like, you don't know anything, you know, nothing, but it ruined my, my Christmas for the rest of my, like Christmas will never be the same. Oh yeah. And I'm okay with that. Other people aren't. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I just, I don't, you know, everyone, everyone says like with time um, mm -hmm. and I'm sure you can attest with have people love to use time. Like time is the healer of all. And it's not <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. just, it's just not like, it's, there's no magic number. It's, you don't get over it. You move on with it, but you don't get over it. You know, you move on with it. Well, and I think that is such an expected time 
for everyone to just be joyful and happy and yes. family. And it's expected. It's like, so first of all, don't tell me what to do. If I don't like Christmas, I don't like mm. Christmas. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Secondly. Exactly. I, this is like death day to me, right? This is the day yes. that I had the worst news in my entire life. Right. Can you right. give me a break? Exactly. Exactly. Like if I could sleep through Christmas, I would. You know what I mean? Like yep. legit. Like I have no desire on Christmas Eve to be, but I mean, do it. I show up. I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's not, it's ruined it for me. You know, yeah. like it's just, it's a hundred percent ruined it for me. And you know, I'm not the only one obviously, but. Well, yeah. I mean, but this is your story. So knowing that you still, it's interesting because I'm thinking there's two different things you can do here. And one for me in my addiction, I was very much at a place where I was so selfish that in my sobriety that came first and then Mm -hmm. everything else that was expected of me came second. So there were times still like Thanksgiving to me is like, I mean, why are we even doing this? For me, my father died on Thanksgiving. Mm. I came out of treatment and immediately my first thing two weeks later was Thanksgiving. And I'm like, I don't love it. I'm over it. it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because there are certain times where I think you have to just make that decision for yourself to not go with emotions, but it seems like you're just going with emotions right now. Right. I mean, I go, but I'm like, my whole thing is like every feeling is, you know, should be validated. Right. I want that validation. My whole thing is I don't want to be defined by cancer, but you fucking better not forget about it. And that's, that's a hard line to straddle because like, how do you explain that to people? Like you don't, it's very hard to say, I don't want you to look at me and think of that, but I fucking don't want you to forget, man. I don't want you to forget. I don't want you to think that it's all over for me. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, because I look okay and I look well, like it's the same thing of me being not treated as a true cancer patient because I didn't have chemo. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have to lose my hair to go through something. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, that's how you think. Or like, oh, you only had this. Mm. I got that a lot. At least you didn't have to blah, blah, blah. You know, okay, let's talk about the things I did have. You know, I can't have children. Like, you know, like I was 36 with no family history. I had to go, like, you know, half my breast is missing. Like, I'm on tamoxifen, which fucks with your whole life. You know, like, there's so many things that it's a, it's like a death. You grieve, you have to grieve so many different parts of your life that will, I will never be that person again, ever. And I had to mourn her. And I, I would think that you can relate to that in sobriety, right? Like, cause you're never going to be the same person like right. ever. And that's a hard thing for people to understand because they want everything to be okay because it makes them feel better. That's, that's what I learned is it's all about selfishness. <laughs> and I was guilty of it. Cause you don't know until you know. Okay. Like that's it with anything. So until someone points something out to you or you, or you experience it yourself, you don't know. I was an asshole before I was that. Like, meaning I'd be like, oh, your mom had it. Oh, okay. Well, that's why you had it. Or I'm not thinking that that shit was fucking not the right thing to say. A hundred percent, not the right thing to say, but it wasn't about them. It was about me. I was mm-hmm. trying to make myself feel better. And that's how I justify stupid shit. People say, What's the worst thing that you've heard that just pisses you off so bad? If I ate organic. (laughs) Like that, yes. Because they're like, oh, did you, you didn't eat organically? Oh, so now you're fucking blaming me? 
Like, are you fucking kidding me? FYI, there's no such thing as organic. It's the best marketing scheme ever fucking created. Just, just an FYI for everyone out there listening. Just Google it. You'll fucking figure it out. Follow the money. So <laughs> that is, I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, that and if I ever ate stuff with GMOs. Mm. Um, Your diet probably gave you cancer. A hundred percent. And I didn't eat, I did not have enough smoothies, apparently. <laughs> and I was like, oh, was that what it was? Okay. Wow. All right. Yeah. Cause they would, <laughs> it's so funny. I, I don't even know when it was, but I guess kale, I read like kale salad. Like they were like, oh, kale salad is the number one thing to fight breast cancer. Like, and I ate kale salad every day for lunch at work for fucking years. So you know what I say to kale? Fuck you, kale. You didn't do shit for me. You did not do shit for me. That's why when anyone talks about superfoods or anything like that, you lose me. I'm done. We are not going to, this conversation cannot go any further. Like, okay, you could stick with your, whatever you do over there in organic world, whole foods lady. Like I, I can't like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I'm just not that person. Like I, I, and I don't believe in it. And if you want to believe in it, great. I'm not going to rub oil on my breast and hope that the fucking tumor doesn't come back. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to happen. There are people out there that will. And <laughs> I'm just saying, maybe I'm not the best person for this podcast shit, huh? You're actually <laughs> the best person for this podcast. Okay. <laughs> my longtime listeners will say, oh my God, she's like your sister. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Which is well, everyone has said that. Yes. Which is interesting. Anybody that knows actually the two of us are like, they were long lost. Like, like we were separated at birth. She's in Chicago. I'm in Nevada. Yes, like, we have the yeah. same thought process. Everything. We do. Like, we just don't yes. give a shit. No. Shut the fuck up and just do it. Right. Just do it. Like, how do people not just do it? I don't, I don't get even it. know. I don't know. And oh Nike, God. you're really dumb for not having us. Exactly. Having exactly. Fucking- <laughs> we would be the best just do it people ever. <laughs> we would have to world. have like just fucking do it though. Yeah, true. That's the thing. We 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 have to be like on cable. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like that's, I mean, that, I'm just saying like we couldn't, they would have to like, there's only a certain channel for people like us. Like that. You know what I'm loving about the world is there's a lot more of us these days. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Definitely. This is right. why I, I don't campaign. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm just like, well, I mean, for breast cancer, not that I'm like, you know, I'm like, like, what are you getting is, into the yeah, politics yeah, no, now? I don't yeah, even want to fucking talk to you about that. <laughs> no, hell no. You don't want to talk to me about it. No, no, no. I can't. I, meaning campaigning for breast cancer. Yes. I did it with a local hospital and they want to censor me. This is my whole thing. And if I can get anything across, it's this. Mammograms save lives. They just don't save everyone's lives. That is what I hate about campaigning because they push this as the end all be all as if you, if you get this mammogram and it comes back, okay, then you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. And it's very, it dismisses the people and negates the people who go at religiously every year and the cancer's found at a late stage. That's not their fault. You know, like that's just not, cancer doesn't care. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't, doesn't care about your age, your gender, your ethnic back, you know what I mean? Anything, or how much money you have, it does not care. To push that narrative of early detection, early detection, early detection, I get it. Like I was saved by early detection. It's just not the end all be all. If you find it early, you're going to be okay. That's just not true. 
that's not true. And it's, I don't think it's fair to the people who are fighting with it, like metastatic, you know, stage four, which there's no cure for. And people die, you know, every 14 minutes in the US from metastatic breast cancer, which is a huge, huge number. It's a huge number. They push the mammograms and they make it all pretty and pink and with bows because they're breasts. And apparently that's what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to make it all pretty. And I'm like, I don't see poop emojis for fucking colon cancer. But like you want it, you know what I mean? Like you just, just say what it is. Like we don't need to make any of this pretty. Like we don't need to make little taglines, you know, save the Tata. I hate all that shit. I hate it. Like, you I just, are a like anti-pink ribbon. Yeah, anti, yes, a hundred percent. I'm anti-bullshit. Like, and that's bullshit to me. Campaigning is bullshit because they're just fitting it all into one pretty little box. And they don't talk about, like when I would say I did help a local hospital, as I was saying, they wanted me to say mammograms save lives. And I said, well, I want to say mammograms save lives, but not all because it didn't save my life. They told me right. to make it for fucking years, you know, like, so, so they would let me say it and then they edit it the other part. And I was like, yeah, this isn't going to work. You know, like it's not going to work. I'm not against mammograms. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I just want people to understand that there's other things out there. If I would have listened only to the mammogram. I wouldn't be talking to you right now. And I found like this was found around. I was hovering at stage two. So, I mean, it was great. Like, I mean, as far as when it sucked, I'm just make that clear. But like it was I was lucky as far right. as when it was found. Um, And that's why I didn't have chemo. Like and, and to make that clear, too. It was on the table. All oncologists want you to have chemo. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I mean, they do. The numbers weren't there for me. And that's a personal thing, in my opinion. 2%, some people would fight for half a percent. And I respect that and don't judge people for that. But for me, um, it was only going to change my chances of reoccurrence by 6%. To me, it wasn't worth it, but I don't judge anyone who it is worth it. So I did um, a lumpectomy and I did eight weeks of radiation and I did, um, and I'm still on tamoxifen, which is the whole drug. Yeah. The treatment I think that's something that people that haven't gone through it, of course, none of us understand, right? And so you right. automatically assume, I'm just speaking for everyone. I'm talking for myself. Let's go there. Mm-hmm. Automatically assume any kind of cancer, like, oh man, they're going to have chemo and they're going to have yes. this. Like, there's just an assumption. And I think it's because, Correct. again, just like you said, there's the magical number of 40 for women. Yeah. They're going to get the mammogram. Nobody yep. knows about any other tests unless you actually happen to know someone either in the field Correct. or that has had breast cancer to know that you should get more testing. Right. So knowing that when you're being told you have breast cancer, I mean, do you, is your mind automatically to the treatment of it? A hundred percent. All I care about was my hair. I mean, I'm just being honest. It's yeah. like, all I kept saying was, I like my hair. Like, I mean, I remember like bawling, like when the, like in the oncologist's uh, office, like my sister was there obviously, cause you can't retain any fucking information during that. All I heard was chemo radiation. And I didn't, I, that's all I, that's all I heard, you know? And that is when you hear you have cancer, you go right to the bald. Well, I can't speak for everyone. What I went right to was bald, sick, in bed, you know, like that's, that's, I couldn't go any other place. Yeah. That was just where I went. Yeah. That was tough. And with that, as you said, chemo was on the table, meaning you have the option. They wanted me to do it. The meaning two oncologists wanted me to do it. 
And you said no. And right. My, well, and I want to make another thing very clear too. If if they said it was going to save my life, I would this I wouldn't even had a conversation. It was literally because my sister, because I'm I'm lucky enough to have a doctor in my family, said I want the numbers of what it's going to change. You know, and the, the oncologist gave her the numbers. Mm. So then my sister presented me with the numbers when we got home and said, "No one can make this decision but yourself. Here's the information. The only thing I will tell you, if you decide not to do chemo." And God forbid this comes back. This is not your fault. Mm. And I was like, okay. Like, and I didn't know how much that, how meaningful that would be, you know, until later or whatever of that. I'm not to blame no matter what. And I think that's, you struggle with that. You struggle with a lot of things when, when you're diagnosed with something that's life changing, you feel like you don't have the right to claim cancer because you're not doing the chemo, Mm. you know, like I, I, I really. I still struggle with that. Like with Heather, like Heather is a great example of some, our mutual friend who created each one tell one, what she went through. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I don't, I'm not gonna, that's why I didn't join any survivor groups. Like, because two reasons, a, I don't want to be fucking out cancered. Okay. Like, I don't like, I got my own shit, you know, like it's personal. Like, you know, like, I just don't want to like, cause that's what it is. Well, this was what happens. And well, you really, well, this is what happens. Like I can call my mom for that fucking shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'll just listen to her top me. Like, I don't need like any strangers. Like, I don't want to hear it. Like, I don't want to hear it. Cause to be quite honest, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's about me. It's my personal, like cancer is personal. It's so fucking personal. And when people will call me and say, oh, will you talk to blah, blah, blah? Who got-? No, I won't. They can call me, but I won't call anyone. Like I never reach out. If someone wants to call me for advice, fine. First thing I start out with is I don't fucking know. Like, you know, because I don't fucking know. Like this is, this is so personal and it's a personal, I hate to say journey. Like it's a personal thing. <laughs> what's right for you might not be right. Or what's easy for you may not be easy for me. And what's hard for you may not be hard for me. What's with the word journey? fucking it makes it sound like i'm going on a trip like journey to me is a good thing like a like a positive thing and i just mm-hmm. i don't know i don't like the word i don't like a lot of things as well. <laughs> but i really don't like the word i don't like the word you know when people go i'd like to tell you about my journey i'm just like i like to tell you about this fucking shit show that i went through that's how i look at it <laughs> like my forever shit show Yes. And it really is like in that. And, and, and again, I'm not dissing anyone. I'm not, dis- I'm also not dissing anyone that waves their pink flag. Like God bless you. It's just not my, it's just not my thing. Right. It, it, it's just not my thing. Like I don't, I believe in the cause. I believe in fighting for, as far as the dense breast tissue, obviously, as you know, that's a big deal for me for each one, tell one for metastatic breast cancer. Cause they're the ones who need, they're the ones who, who need the help. How much more can we fucking be aware? If you're not aware that you need a mammogram, you're fucking stupid. How much more God blessed awareness do you need? I, I, I just, I don't get that. Like, I don't get that. Let's talk about the things that really matter. So that's and what, what do you think the things that are really matter? Stage four, it needs more. Like, mm-hmm. as they say, that little, that little tagline, that's a tagline I can get behind, <laughs> you know, like, um, stage, stage four, four needs, more. needs more. Yeah. And, um, because you know, it is, it's incurable, like that's it. And sure. It's becoming more of a chronic disease than terminal, but 
that's what they're going to die from. And, and and a lot of people don't understand what metastatic breast cancer is. And for those who don't, it's just when, when the cancer cells travel to other vital organs in your, in your body, like the brain, liver, lungs, that's what causes death, not cancer that stays in your breast. That doesn't kill you. It's when it goes to other vital organs. So why isn't the focus there, there? Because we got that early detection shit down, Pat, as far as awareness, right? They, they give, they give metastatic breast cancer one day in October. They give these motherfuckers 31 days of pink bullshit. And people think that, and I'm not going to name organizations, but they think that all that money is going to a good place. And it's not, as you know, working with an organization that puts the money where it's supposed to put the money, you know, that most of the money in these bigger organizations is going to administrators and administrative costs and all this stuff. And I understand everyone has to make a living and I don't knocking anyone for that. But when you're making six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year off a charity, I don't know. That sounds pretty fucked up to me. So, And the purpose, similar to what you said, and I've heard this argument before, is because of the marketing, there is the thought process of just, you know, ordinary Joe. Interesting Mm -hmm. that your husband's name is Joe and I'm not talking about him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not talking about that ordinary Joe because he's (laughs) extraordinary. Um, You know, ordinary Joe or or Josephine, whoever, whatever. We go Mm -hmm. to the store, we see pink. We're like, yeah, we want to support it. Or there's an Mm -hmm. organization that's doing, um, you know, we can, we can seek out those local charities that we know are doing X, Y, and Z. Like grassroots. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I think what I've heard before, and I know that, that you're a microphone for that, and you've just said similar things is you make an assumption that this money that you're donating to, or when you purchase something that says, you know, a percentage is going to X organization, that that is actually going to help women. Correct. Somehow beat cancer or research cancer, or, you know, my next friend isn't going to die because of it. Right. But really what's happening is one, we're fucking not doing the research. We're just like, here's my money. Yes. Correct. Which I did it. I did it. We all do. I mean, okay. I keep saying we all, I did. Can't talk. I can't speak for everyone. It's, it really sucks to be on a, it (laughs) sucks to be on a public platform because you you can't, but I can't. Everyone did it. Everyone (laughs) Everyone did it it. according to Janine. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's really eye opening to me to be Mm -hmm in sort of the back end of that with really being in depth in these organizations, the grassroots organizations to know like, holy fuck, I never even put thought to that, that when we go to the store and they have these, you know, post-it notes with little pink ribbons on it, I get so geeked up that I'm like joining the the crowd in October. Yeah. Tutu on on Sunday for the local run. Right. Where's that money going? To some CEO, <laughs> like, and that's, and that's the problem. I think it's like less than, I, I don't quote me on this, but I think it's less than 5% um, that they put towards wow. research, you know? And um, yeah. So that's why like good organizations like um, Metaviver is, is one that's really, really great. A hundred percent goes to research, which you can't get better than a hundred percent. Right. No. Like, and that's, that's unbelievable. So there, there are great, you know, that whoever they came up with that think before you pink, uh, mm. yeah, which was, I wish I came up with it. I did not. Um, but they, they say there's, there's, a, if you go to think before you pink, like whatever you Google it, I'll they'll show it. you which organizations are okay. the best. 
Yeah. I think you can't have enough information and stuff like that, you know, and that's really when you want to start putting thought into what is happening out there. Awareness. Is everyone aware? Why are Mm -hmm. we beating this dead horse? Well, now we're in a new sort of world of, okay, we're fully aware from 19 fucking 12 that (laughs) you have to get your mammogram, but where are we at now? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And then the research part of it, like how come there's no cure? Right. Like, I mean, and, and I am, and I get that it's not a, a, like a one type fix, right? Because there's so many different types of breast cancer. Another thing that I didn't know until, you know, there's, is it, is it fed by like, I was, um, HER2 negative, ER and PR positive, which is basically that my tumor fell fed off of hormones, hence mm. why I'm on tamoxifen. So estrogen was feeding mine. You know, apparently I have a lot of it. So um you have a lot of estrogen. Yes. Is that the ton. is that <laughs> estrogen just estrogen to me just makes me think of like like fairies and you know, I have to put on some more makeup and like tutus. Yeah, no. Um, estrogen is basically, <laughs> well, in my case, like here, let me just put it this way. Like tamoxifen is supposed to block the estrogen. So basically it puts you in like menopause and I still have my period. I'm like, what the mother fuck? Like, are you kidding me? Like you guys got me on pills to block this shit and I'm still getting my period. Like apparently I have a lot of it. So, um, yeah. So there's so different, there's so many different types of, of, of cancer just in general. That's why there's not a one, a fix all like one, you know, Oh, we can do it. Like anyone who says they have a cure for cancer, turn off the YouTube video because they're, they don't, because there is no cure because it's not that simple. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's, you, you get stuck in a place of which if there's one thing, another thing I tell people when they come to me, when they were first diagnosed or, or they know someone is don't get stuck in the why because you'll never ever, ever figure it out. I'm not saying not to quite, because that's part of the process. You have to say like, you're going to say why everyone can say, Oh, I never said why bullshit you did. And you know, like you (laughs) definitely question, you definitely question why the fuck this happened. It's a natural reaction to say why, not why me, but just why the fuck did this happen? Like what did, you know, you did, I do something wrong. You know, was it the non-organic food? Like, you know, like, oh my God, really when it comes down to it is a cell mutated. It's that simple and it's that complicated. It just goes, sometimes shit goes haywire and we don't know why. And me and you could do exactly the same things and we could have lived the exact same life. And for some reason it mutated in me and it's not going to mutate in you. And we don't know why, you know, it's uh, people love to blame. Like they just love to blame the victim. That's, that's in a lot of things, right? Victim blaming. And, and I feel that way with cancer a lot too, because I'll never forget my grandmother died of lung cancer and, and they, and it was like, she was like in hospice at that, at this point. And the nurse was in, in the house. I was at the house and the nurse was looking at pictures of her and, and she asked me if my grandma ever smoked. And I was like, you fucking bit like I just couldn't even believe that she asked the question like she's dying okay and I was like yeah 30 years ago so if that's the case we're all fucked you, you right, know what I mean right. like it's just like 
great. Like, why would you, but why, why does that make you fucking feel better? Cause I can give you a list of people who've never, who's done everything quote unquote, right. That are either dead or have stage four cancer of some, of something who were marathon runners, vegans. You, you know what I mean? Like, no one, when I tell you it does not discriminate, I mean, it does not discriminate. They, of course we have contributing factors, but that none of that is a guarantee. None of it. And I, I can't stand when people use that as a, uh, you know, oh, well, she smoked or he smoked or, you know, like, it's just like, okay, but there's people that have never touched a cigarette in their life. Oh, was it, oh, was it the secondhand smoke? Shut the fuck up. Like you got, always get something to say. Like, it's just like, can you just be like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, like that sucks period. Yes. Like that's all you got to do. I'm sorry. Period. Period. Like that's it. That's, that's all you have to do. Sometimes you got to go through shit to understand shit. hundred percent. Not that I 100%. wish this on anyone or wish no. things on anyone, but like. It's just, a, it's so true though. Sometimes, you know, I, I talk about this often with clients as well, is that we get into this place where we're just ignorant. You just mm. don't know until you know. You said that earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would have made fun of 15 years ago and but you don't know what you don't know. Like, no, yeah. but, but that's true. Like you it's really so don't. true. And cancer is one of those addictions. Another one of those. I mean, it's life. You literally don't know till you know. So like, instead of just trying to make shit up or instead of just like trying to blame, how about just trying to become educated and realize that, Hey, right. Maybe it's just because cancer decided this is the one. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, you know, and just not um, blaming for any, like, oh, well, was your mother an alcoholic? I'm sure like, this is the kind, you know, you know right? Like the, these kind of questions that like, and I don't think they're malicious. No, I know they're not malicious. Most of them are not intended to be malicious. Right. But to be on the other side of that, yep, it feels malicious, even sure. though, you know, it's not. I just, the judgments, I guess it's the judgment from people, like the judgment of you had to have done something for this to have happened to you. Right. And that's why us having these conversations are so important. Agreed. The more we normalize these types of disease, any disease really, Mm -hmm. is for people to know, like, no, that's not the right thing to say. (laughs) Right. Like, Yes. Like with mental illness, like I have an anxiety disorder as you know, don't tell me to calm down. Don't tell me to fucking calm down like ever in your life. I mean, we, I've had to, I, I, you know how many conversations I've had to have with my husband about this? Listen, there's one rule. Don't fucking tell me to calm down. You know, like, but you're right. Like if you have more conversations about like, and please tell me how you expect me to do that. Exactly. Exactly. Like there's some magic, like, or he'll say to me like, well, why do you think about it? I don't fucking know. This is why I'm in therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is why I'm medicated. And this is why, like, are you kidding me? I don't know. But like, the point is, is right. You're right. If if more things are talked about, then hopefully they know, right? Because right. you don't know until you know. And yeah, then it it's becomes about- normal just to have that conversation and to just be like, oh, she has cancer. Okay, well, yeah. What? So what happened after you found out? What did you do? Right. You know, right. How are you feeling now? Right. What treatment did you decide on? You know, like the only thing that I'm a hypocrite with is if someone tells me that they decided to take a holistic approach, I can't have a conversation. Like I can't, like I can't not have judgment. Like I, that, that I'm just being like complete, like I will judge the fuck out of you. 
I will judge the fuck out of you if you tell me that you decided to buy some oils and ask Jesus. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you can cut this out if you have to, but like, yeah. <laughs> Cutting this out? <laughs> but like... I will judge you. Uh, This is why I'm not, I shouldn't be on social media because you see a lot of people putting that kind of stuff. Oh, four bananas. If you eat four bananas, they'll cure you. You Stupid shit. You know, they'll always link it to a YouTube video or they'll link it to some bullshit and be like, oh, my grandma's aunt's uncle's cousin's dog's owner was cured from this stage four. No, no, that didn't happen. Didn't happen. Like it did not happen. You know, you know who tried that? Steve Jobs. Go ask. Oh, you can't because he's fucking dead because it didn't work because that's not how cancer. Cancer doesn't say, oh, you got organic kale for me. Oh, that'll kill me. So fucking stupid. I just can't. I hate stupidity just in, in general. Oh, to me, it's so stupid. Like I talk to my therapist, a therapist about it all the time. She's always like, so what it, I'm like, stupidity, that's it. That's what bothers me, stupidity. And that's, to, it's common sense that you would need a doctor if you had cancer. <laughs> sure, there might be different paths to take. I, I also I also feel that you have the right. Like if you were to say to me, I don't want to put myself through chemo, I would fucking respect that because it is not a pleasant thing. What I wouldn't respect is that you thinking that you could cure yourself in some other way. If this is, if your, if your decision to not do chemo and live your life, because I do believe quality is way better than quantity. Okay. That's, that's something I will preach forever. Quality trumps quantity every day. Um, but like, and if if you're like, I just want to live my life, you know, I get it. Like, I know I'm going to die, but like. I might die in a year. I might die in five years. We don't know. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to, I'm going to try to do whatever I can, but I know that this will save my life, but I don't want to do it. I respect that. Like Mm -hmm. I can respect that. What I can't respect is pretending like you have some sort of cure for someone out there because the internet is powerful, man. It's so powerful. And and I miss the days of pagers (laughs) and no cell phones, you know, and not, and not being able to just Google anything because you can find anything to fit your narrative, right? Like, I mean, this is very in this Corona um, environment. We know I can find 10 doctors that say one thing and another 10, you know, 10 doctors say something else. So that's just with anything. Like if you type in uh, banana cures cancer, you're going to find some shit on that, you know? And And, and I think like you said, like, okay, if this is true, why is... (laughs) Why are you using right. everyone? Exactly. Cause it's not. So yeah. So anyway, that's, that's my thing of, of, of the vulnerable, the people who have no hope, the people, the stage four who are just looking for any sort of hope to live. That's who they're affecting. The people who are putting that nonsense out there, that's who I'm fighting for. That's yeah. who, who I care about are those people. Because when you're desperate, you'll do some desperate shit. If you have someone telling you that they can save you, and, and I don't want to use, uh, like any sort of, um, derogatory of saying like educated versus non-educated, or I just want to say someone who just doesn't know, you know what I mean? Like you're going to trust that because you know what? It's on the internet. Like, right. And that's a, that's a big deal for people. Shit. I've fallen into that, but I read it, you know, I'd be like, but I read it and this person would tell, but that's not true. But, but I read it, <laughs> you know, like it's like that commercial, like, with the internet thing, but, but I read it on the internet, so it's gotta be true. And, uh, so that's just with anything, but with cancer, there's a lot of that out there, a lot of false 
like just bullshit. Like chemo makes cancer work. Like just, there's just so much, there's just so many things out there that's just not right and not fair to all these people, all these doctors who fought for, you know, who, who've been saving people's lives. I mean, right. the, the proof, the proof is in the pudding. You know what I mean? Like it. Well, and that's, what's important too. And I think we always will continue, at least for me on this podcast is to continue to push my listeners to educate mm-hmm. themselves Right. Right people and advocate for themselves with whatever they're struggling with. And professional help is the best way to do it. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. Stay off the internet. Yes. And that's that's another thing I tell people when they come. Stop Googling. Don't Google. Don't Google. Because you'll be dead. Like also also don't listen to the recovery hour podcast. (laughs) (laughs) We have everything is just our opinion. Just our opinion. But no, Google is uh, not a good place for a hypochondriac. And I suffer from that. Yeah. Try, like someone said to me, do you not sweat? Do you not sweat the small stuff anymore? I go, oh, oh yeah, no, I still fucking sweat the small stuff. I don't sweat the big stuff mm-hmm. um, anymore because it happened. Like right. it was like, you know, I think everyone has good and bad in their life. Like that's just everyone. But then I, I don't think everyone has good, bad and ugly. So, you know, like, there's certain, whatever you, whatever you define as ugly, it could be a, a, a loss or, you know, addiction or cancer or whatever. So I totally went on a tangent and don't remember what the hell I was going to say. So sorry about that. That's okay. Um, that happens. Yeah. It was something about, I was going to say big hairy balls, but that's not what you said. The big, the Jesus, bad, the ugly. you're just as bad as me. The, oh yes. The big, the bad. <laughs> like, oh, I always think everyone has big or big. Good. But now you got me fucked up. Good, bad, and ugly in their lives. <laughs> I still don't know what my point was, but anyway, that's where I'm at in life. <laughs> there we are. So, where? How long has it been since your cancer diagnosis? Um, it'll be eight years on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. And you did mention that you're on tamoxifen, and that's for ten years from diagnosis or from treatment. From treatment, so um, like I I was diagnosed in December uh, 2012. I started tamoxifen in May of 2013. So yeah, I have a little bit longer. What is cancer like now? Right. So you, I know you hate the word journey. So let's talk right. about um, the shit road, show. the path, yeah. the shit show. Yes, shit show. Sure fucking shit show. So you you are 34? You were 34 when you found out? 36. Oh, okay. So 36. I was 32 when I found a cyst. 36 when I was actually diagnosed. Okay. Since then, mm-hmm. no children. I can't, correct. Well, I, I was just going to say, because like, this was all the things, these are all the things that, you know, you're forced into when you're told uh, something like this cancer, they're like, all right, do you ever plan on having kids? I'm like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I wasn't thinking about kids at this moment. And they were like, well, you have to go do fertility. Like, so they pushed me into that. Like I froze, we froze um, embryos just so I would have a choice at some point, which was something I did not want to do. Cause I, my heart wasn't in it. Like I just, I wasn't in it. Like it just wasn't, I didn't want to do it, but, um, I was told I would regret it if I did not And because I wasn't not fertile, I only had to do one round. Mm. So, um, I have, uh, I'm like, well, that's what we learned. I wasn't infertile. Um, so we have six <laughs> embryos. We have six embryos in, um, a freezer in Minneapolis that caused me, cost me money. Like, even though I don't have anything for it, but six embryos, they don't tell you doctors don't say it to you. 
we would really like for you not to have a baby. (laughs) So they want you to make these decisions on your own. Well, to me, it was common sense. Like if estrogen was such a major player in my cancer, like why would I have a baby? Like that would like, that's crazy to me. Like that I would push all that estrogen. Like not only that come off tamoxifen because you can't be on tamoxifen and have a baby because it could hurt the baby. Come off the tamoxifen, let your body get pissed off at you again, regulate those hormones, do whatever, get pregnant. Well, you hope, right? And the estrogen goes off the chart. Like what? So I had to have this deep conversation with my husband because it had to be his decision too. And he said to me, um, I'm going to be honest with you that if God forbid we had a baby and you got it back, I would blame the baby. And he's like, I know that wouldn't be right, but I'm just telling you. He's like, I know that that would not be the right thing. And I know in my right mind, it wouldn't be the cause, but I wouldn't help. I wouldn't be able to help that. So I was like, okay. And he's like, and then if you died and left me with that kid, like, are you kidding me? Like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, he was, we were just having an honest conversation and, um, and he said, I didn't marry you to have a kid. And, um, I was like, okay, then like, if we're both okay with this, yeah, then everyone else has to be okay with it. So we announced to everyone that we weren't quite, and then all the doctors, my doctors, my surgeon and my oncologist were like, I'm really happy you came to this. I'm like, you could have fucking helped me out, man. Oh shit. Like you could have just told me I wouldn't have to go through like, you know, vaginal ultrasounds for anyone that hasn't had one. The fuck? I was so pissed off when they told me that I had, a, oh God. I was like, what? Huh? Like in the middle of everything else, you know, sticking a freaking joystick. Uh, like it just, it was terrible. It was ter- terrible for me. <laughs> just, just to clarify. For, for any of those opinion. listeners that really liked it, <laughs> Janine would just like to say, God bless you. <laughs> if you really like that joystick. Up you, well, especially when they look at you, you see them putting a condom on it. You're like, what are you doing with that? Like, then why are you putting a condom on it like i mean and then the lady goes do you want me to put it in or you i was like bitch we'll still be here if i gotta put it in like i ain't putting it in like i'd still be sitting there eight years later like standing there with it right there like just going i give me one more minute one more minute (laughs) like like, if you want to i go if you want to go home today you you got to do it okay like so just do this and get this over with but anyway um um, do I and I I don't regret going through that process because it did give us freedom of a choice. I can get a surrogate if I wanted, but I'm not paying a hundred grand. Like and right. there's people, oh, you can't put money on a kid. Yeah, I can. Uh, yeah, I can. That's fine if you don't think that that stuff matters. To me, it matters. Like when you right. grow up with no money, like, <laughs> and you don't, you know, like just making sure I have money makes me feel better. (laughs) Like I'm not saying millions or anything like that, but to go through a hundred thousand dollars to have some, I I mean, you know, you can't help but think of a lifetime movie. I mean, this, that, you know, like they take off my baby. I don't know. Like it just, there's just so many scenarios that I'm just not willing. Yeah. You're also not mentally like you're, you have to be in a place as a woman, as Mm -hmm. a mother to say, yeah, I want a child bad enough that I'm going to have someone else carry it. Yes, exactly. And that's great if you like, you know, like I, I just don't want people to judge me for not having a kid, like take the cancer out of it. Cause I don't know if I would have had a kid. Like, I don't know. Right. Um, I'm very fulfilled with my godsons and my nieces and nephews and stuff. So I'm grateful to have them in my life. And I'm right. even more grateful that they fucking leave. 
So they come here, <laughs> they spend the night and I'm like, peace. Like me and Joe are both like, we're exhausted after, yes, a, you know, 24 hours. I'm like, this is what they do every day. Like uh-huh. every day. Like they just keep wanting snacks and they just, they keep wanting you to see shit. Like watch this. Watch <laughs> What the fuck am I watching? You jump from a stair. Is this what I'm watching? You jump from a stair. This is news. Great. Can I have this? Can I do this? Can I? And they call me. TT, my godsons, and TT, can can you can you give me another snack? I just gave you five snack. Like, where do you put this? You're like this big. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even like. It's just it's constant. They they ruin shit in your house. Like they're cute, and I love them, but we enjoy our peace, man. Like I'm not gonna say. And I think it's like obviously the older I get to, like if I was 30, maybe I'd be like, all right, you know, I can do this. But like, mm, we enjoy our lives. Yeah. And, um, yeah, am I pissed off that cancer took that away from me? Fuck yeah. Like, of course I am, but, um, I can be pissed off and grateful. And that's something that people don't get, you know, like they don't understand that you can, you can feel both. Like I can, I can have so much gratitude and still be so fucking upset that I got it, you know, like, and Mm -hmm. you can feel both. And I know because I'm, cause I feel it and I wouldn't have known it unless I felt it. So I'm never going to sit here and say that I'm okay with getting cancer. Like, cause I'm not right. And any, you know, and, and, it, and people do say it, Oh, I'm so, you know, it made me like, you know, like whatever, it just made me a better per whatever, whatever it is. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't, can't say do that. that. Cause I was, I'd be okay. My naive little bubble, like not fucking knowing shit. Like just leave me there. Like I didn't, I didn't need cancer to teach me anything is my mm-hmm. point. Right. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, Oh, I need to well, compassion. I was good. Um, empathy. <laughs> totally. Okay. You know what I mean? Like I never, I didn't need any, I didn't, there was no life lessons that, that I needed. Okay. Like I no. just, I didn't need them. Yeah. The only thing I will say is certain people that have come into my life, i.e. you, yeah. um, and, and other people that I, I definitely wouldn't have had in my life if it wasn't for this. And that's the only thing that, mm. um, that I will give any sort of props to for it. But yes, if I could go back, can I change this? I definitely would pick no check. No on that box. You know, mm-hmm. are you, you know, are you glad it happened to you? Like, or what, you know, didn't it make you stronger? I was fucking fine, man. Like I didn't need to be stronger. Didn't you learn so much again? Like I didn't go to college for a fucking reason. Cause I was done after high school. Like in my head, I didn't need to learn anything else. You know, like, I mean, like just give me a job and I'm good. So they, but everyone wants to find this sort of, uh, epiphany moment of, of, you know, a coming to Jesus moment. And I, I can't, do that. It's like, I'll, I, I just, I can't lie about that. Yeah. I can't, I can't bullshit and say that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so glad I went through all that. And it was, you know, I learned so many things and like, like there's been, there's some people that they truly mean that when right. they say that. Right. And that is great. It's just not me. Your story is unique. And everyone's is right. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we all, we all have a story and everyone has a story and, and that's why I, I'm so big on the personal. Like it's, it's so personal and I hate to push anything that I've gone through on anyone else. And, um, and I really try, I really try when people come to me with their, with their story that I don't push my story on them. And which is not an easy thing because it's just not, you know, like, I mean, it is because you, I think just as a human, you want to give your experience, right? Like it's just, and then you're like, am I, 
I'm giving you my experience, but I'm not trying to tell you what to do. I'm just trying, like, I, I always feel like I have to like. It's a balance. It's really yeah. hard because when you know, and you have, you have your own story and you have your own experience and you're like, oh, let me tell you what I went through. Yeah. Yeah. It is a difficult thing. I want to get into your treatment. So mm-hmm. now you have four years, three years left on tamoxifen. Three years. Yeah. So what is your treatment like now? You're on a daily medication. Correct. And then once a year, well, every six months I'm doing something. So I'm either getting a mammogram, which is hilariously stupid to me. So every time I go there, I'm, I get pissed off. Um, especially when they say, Oh, it's a good result. Uh-huh. Okay. And then I get an ultrasound and then six months later I get an MRI. That's the one I care about. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one that, well, no matter what I get anxiety, no matter what, and it doesn't matter how many times you've been through it. It doesn't matter because the minute they want to look at something a little bit further and the minute everything is in front of your face again, you know? And, um, yeah, so that's my, that's my, my treatment right now. And then I take the tamoxifen every day and there is an acronym uh-huh. NED, no evidence. Oh, acronym. no evidence disease. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is what I have. And that's been how long? Since 2013, since yeah. May of 2013. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So no evidence. Yes. Cause, cause they won't say you're cancer free, which I hate letting people say that. Oh, you're cancer free. No, no, that's nope. not what it is. It's just nope. no evidence of disease. Yes. Um, Actually, I'll never fucking be free of it. Yes, exactly. It is forever. Just like addiction. It's forever, man. It's just forever. And, uh, I definitely can't stand when people say that. Oh yeah, you're cancer free. I've had a couple scares since then. And, you know, I've had to do a couple biopsies, had to, you know, go back for more testing, had to, uh, in March, it was actually right before Corona. I don't even want, I'd have to have a whole episode to talk about Corona. Um, (laughs) thankfully, uh, thankfully I, uh, got in, but I had an MRI. I I don't want to get into all the details of how I felt like they fucked it up, but they fucked it up in my opinion. And I knew it. I knew it while I was there. I knew while I was there because every MRI that I've ever had in all the years I've had fucking MRIs, your arms go above your head and you lay, right? You lay. So our arms are above your head. You lay. Your breasts are in the thing. That's what, that's what an MRI, that's what it is. It's always been. I've had millions of them, I feel like. And at this place, I went to a different hospital because they couldn't get me in. And it's, it's just, it was just this whole thing. Same group, but different hospital, like okay. same medical group. And they had my arms to my side and I was like, uh, this is, this isn't how we do it. Like, and they're like, oh yeah, that's how we do it. And I just felt like it wasn't right. And because of that, I wasn't comfortable because of that. I moved and I know I moved a lot and, um, it came back that something was on my sternum and I was like, oh my God, it fucking spread. Like, you know what I mean? How, how do you not go? I mean, I was like, I couldn't even breathe when she called me. Uh, like, I was like, <laughs> like, I mean, I couldn't even breathe. Thank God I have my sister who told me about all the false reads there are on MRIs. And I'm like, it was my arms. I know it was my arms. And she's like, it wasn't. I was like, I knew it was my arms because I, I made my husband hold, like, touch my chest when I put my arms up. And then when I put my arms down, does that move? He's like, yeah, your sternum does move. I go, down. We just kept doing this to convince ourselves that we now have medical degrees because (laughs) we know that when you move your arms up and you move them down, there's a different view. No one was agreeing with me on that, but Joe, which I was fine with. But yeah, I had to get a CAT scan and like waiting for that. And Mm -hmm. um, they just, thankfully it was fine and I was fine, but just 
all that stuff that's going through your, your head, you know, and if I wouldn't have got in when I got in, that could have definitely been pushed to August. And if it was God forbid something, you know, like, again, we can talk about all the things that are wrong with this world right now, but I won't. That's another thing that people need to understand. Please don't be scared to go get screened during this time. Don't get, don't be scared. I've, I can't tell you how many people I've heard of coming in with late stage cancers because they've pushed something off because of this virus. And it's Mm -hmm. not something that should, it's not something that should be pushed off. So if you were supposed to get your mammogram, go get it. You know, like that's, I'm not saying that to scare anyone. It's just about knowledge is power. Like that's, that's all there is to it. We're at an hour and a half, which is crazy. Before we go, I want to, there's something I do with all of my guests that I love to at the end of the show is if you had the opportunity to invite anyone, anyone dead or alive Mm -hmm. to a dinner party at your home, who would it be and why? How many people? One fucking person. Oh, <laughs> dead or alive and does not have to be famous. Please don't over fucking think this. Just pick somebody that you would love to have dinner with and why. Oh my God, the pressure. Um, who would I want to have dinner with? You know, I... I mean, like my first, my first instinct is to say Jesus. I'm not going to lie. Like it is, it's like my first fucking instinct is to say Jesus, just to ask him what really fucking happened. I want to know what really happened because we don't know, right there. We just know what people interpret, you know, everyone interprets shit. So that's my first, that's my first thing. Like Jesus, Jesus, what happened? Like, I want to know this shit really happened. Is this how, is this how they're telling us? Is this really what happened? Because, uh, I don't know if we can trust these people. Like, you know, like please that's, confirm um, the Bible yeah, please is correct. Confirmed. Yes. Right. I would definitely. Yeah. That's someone that I would. I, I Okay. That's one. But on a serious note, when I was 17, my boyfriend died and I would bring him back for dinner to ask him. Uh, it was an alcohol related car accident. Um, It shaped my life. You know what I mean? Like 17 and you, like it's your, my first experience with death. And it was my boyfriend. Like, and that fucks you up, you know? Um, So I would have him to just make sure he was okay. Like Mm -hmm. that, that's it. It's just about making sure he's okay. Like, because, uh, you know, he had his whole life ahead of him and there's a lot of people that miss him. And there's a lot of people that were destroyed by that death. And um, part of my heart went that on that day for sure. And and, and I know, you know, in, in a perfect, oh, do you think you would have ended up with him? First of all, I was fucking 17. Like, you know what I mean? Probably not. I feel that he would have been always part of my life, whether yeah. it was uh, in whatever capacity. And, and that, that part, we all got robbed, you know, mm-hmm. and that, and that's, so I would definitely have him just to, just to, to confirm. I know he's okay in my heart, but I would like to hear it from him. So that's my, that's my serious one. Not that Jesus isn't serious. What's the boyfriend's name? (laughs) His name was Mike. Jesus and Mike. Jesus and Mike. Please report to the dinner table. (laughs) That (laughs) has to be the most fucked up like answer ever. I love it. I love all the answers. I loved this entire hour and a half. This was fun, sister. Okay. So thank you. For no, thank you. No, thank you. Of course. No, no, thank you.
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Recovery Hour podcast. Successful podcasts equal subscribers and good ratings. Please take a few minutes to rate, review, and subscribe. To learn more about me, your host, Lori Windfeld, jump on over to therecoveryhour.com. Here you'll find information on my coaching and speaking practices, as well as information on guests of the show. If you're still listening to this and you haven't subscribed to my mom yet, what are you doing? You're lame. So go do it right now. All right, all right, calm down. Sorry about that. He's just really excited for this to be successful since I I've been spending all of my free time on this project and not with him. While you aren't lame, as my son suggests, I would really appreciate a few minutes of your time to subscribe. While it doesn't seem like much, it really does help my goal in spreading the word of recovery. Until next time, let's continue to inspire, live, and give.